You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everybody welcome into another fantasy football podcast nobody asked for or no one asked for i don't even know the name of the title of my own podcast but i'm your host mike curlin you can follow me on twitter at mike underscore curlin this is episode two and we are just kind of a little bit of everything recapping some news or notes talking about like cut trade keep etc etc so much going on of course i've got my co-host with me george you can follow on twitter at roto underscore nino george one week away from FPAS, or about one week away. For those who don't know, FPAS is what? First pitch Arizona. We're, I know this is fantasy football, but we are fantasy baseball analysts at heart, and we get to go meet all of our fantasy baseball people, which a lot of them do two sports anyway. So this is somewhat fantasy football related. But, George, welcome in. What's going on, and are you looking forward to FPAS? What's up, man? Heck yeah. I mean, you know, and most people listening to this know that, you know, we've been doing bases loaded for a couple of years now, and – uh yeah, we'll be meeting up at First Pitch Arizona next week, so that's exciting. You know, for the first time we're meeting in yeah. person. <laughs> we've been doing this now. We've been recording podcasts for about three, roughly what, 19, yeah. 20, 21. Yeah, going on three years, almost four. And we've seen each other. We're, right now, we're on a Zoom meeting. We're looking at each other face to face, but it's not the same. So I get to sit down in a room with you, Simeon, and Bubba to tell you all into your face how much I hate you guys. But in all <laughs> seriousness, I'm really excited to finally meet everybody and all the stuff we do together. I don't know, man. It's just it's surreal. It's like I, like I know you guys, but you know what I mean. It's different. It's gonna be different. You're West Coast. I'm East Coast. I have to adjust to your time when I come over there. But what people can't see at home right now, which they will see on the internet if they have Twitter. This ugly ass mustache on my face. I, it is. I have the pleasure of seeing that mustache <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't know if pleasure is the right word you should be using for it, but <laughs> it is something. And I promised Mason I would grow it out for first pitch. It's going to be about a month strong by the time we get out there. So it's getting, I mean, it's definitely getting there. 
It's not quite hey, the, easy, the entertainment value is, is the pleasure that, yeah. that's in itself right there. Well, I also have the hair going, so I, I, I'm trying to talk the wife into letting me be natural libre for Halloween, but that's not going so well. But I'm going to keep trying because I got the hair and I got the mustache. It's, it's It has that Jack Black vibe to it already. But anyway, episode two, we're diving into some of the week four action that's happened, week five stuff that's going to happen. Before we dive in, though, can't forget to mention not only do you want to check out the bases load podcast if you haven't heard of it so and know of us it's our baseball podcast we're going to start getting some more episodes going shortly for that but also skplaybook.com is the new site that we've launched it has a little bit of fantasy football a little bit of fantasy baseball and there's actually gonna be some fantasy basketball content that's skplaybook.com don't forget you could join our discord it's just two dollars and fifty cents a month yes 250 a month and you can come hang out with us 24 7 365 uh we talk fantasy sports we're in there every day answering questions uh hanging out with each other heck i drop a few early articles in there before they get posted on websites you get early access to all that and once we build it i'll be doing we'll be doing some bonus um at least i know i'll be doing some bonus amas some bonus episodes just for the community we're looking we're starting to build it now so of course we appreciate any support if you want to support us and support the growth of the site that would be the best way of doing so we appreciate it in advance but Let's get to the content. And this is where I wish I had a cool little like segment noise, but I do not. News and notes. Uh, Josh Gordon on the active roster. He might play this week. I literally asked Chris Towers this on Twitter because he was looking for questions. I was like, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you might have one. Would you buy low? If you, Would you buy low on him right now? Or would you look at this as more of a sell high window for him? Or are you avoiding it altogether? Like I have some... Josh Gordon, and I think I just want to hold tight and see what happens, but we've been tricked so many times. So I don't know if this is a buy low window, if this is the sell high window, if it's kind of a little bit of both. Because if he goes out and even has like three catches, but it's like 70 yards and a touchdown, his price is going to go through the roof because it's going to be Josh Gordon is back. But if he goes out and has like one reception on three targets for like eight yards, it's going to be like, oh, he's droppable. So it's like, I don't know what to do, George. And I'm rambling because I just don't know what to do here. Do you have an answer for me? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you where it's just like, you know, if I if I'm in really like if I have a really big need for a receiver, maybe I'm picking him up. If I have someone that's droppable or I have a, a roster spot I'm picking him up, I mean, I'm not plugging him into any lineups this week. You know, you're just kind of holding and, and seeing how that shakes out there. Obviously, in Kansas City, it's, you know, one and two with Kelsey and Hill. And after that, after that, things are just really up in the air. So, I mean, is there a possibility that maybe he can carve out a role? We'll see. I mean, I, I am not going to have like much faith or, you know, that it's going to happen, but obviously, you know, we, the possibility and upside is, so yeah, I mean, you just kind of wait and see. I'm not exactly like going out and actively trying to pick him up or trade for him or anything like that. But if he's out there and I have a big need, like I have one league uh, where it's like three receivers and like two flex spots and I, I lost like DJ Chark and Jerry Judy. So why not just pick him up and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I've been holding him for a little bit now because I just can not do it because I am pot committed i've been holding on for six years it feels like between various <laughs> leagues and he's only 30 and you look at guys like oh 30 years old is old for a receiver but look at how good ab looks for like 32 33 years old like, ab's a freak i get it it's neil brown but yeah, josh I mean, gordon Daniel sanders yeah and josh gordon apparently entered camp with like seven percent body fat in fantastic shape so that gives me promise because he's such a big physical force while being like just this talent that we know knew him to be maybe he doesn't have quite the separation he once had but 
given the weapons around him, he's going to demand attention because you, you see teams doubling Hill. Kelsey demands all that attention. He's going to help make them better, and they're going to help make him better. I think it's like the perfect fit. And if he's even, again, if he's even three quarters the receiver he used to be in terms of talent, the situation's there. Maybe we could see what da- what what Dwayne Bowe could have been for this team had he had a quarterback back in the day. It's like <laughs> the, for some reason, Dwayne Bowe is coming to mind. I don't know why. Oh, I had Dwayne Bowe, had Dwayne, Bowe, right yeah, Dwayne Bowe <laughs> on the brain. Because Dwayne Bowe was always the what-if guy because he had one magical year. But he, always, he never had the, the quarterback. So now you have Josh Gordon, who's obviously a physical freak, but has the, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league. I think, and this is the first time he's had a real quarterback. Brian Hoyer wasn't a real quarterback, you know, like <laughs> that's what he dealt with back then. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously overly optimistic and I'm like, I, I just, I want to see it happen again, pot committed. So I think I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to hold. I don't know if I, I would say I'm afraid to go out and buy, but what is going to, what is buying low going to cost me? It's all about price of acquisition. Can I get him for like Hunter Renfro? I would, I would chance a Hunter Renfro for him. Hunter Renfro is like surprisingly like top. I think it's like top 24 in PPR leagues, by the way, just for reference. Yeah. And we are not talking about the Red Sox outfielder, which is fantastic that there's a re- fantasy relevant Renfro in both. But <laughs> I digress. Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking, again, depends on what buying low looks like or selling hot. But like, if you, I don't think you're going to be able to sell high, but I don't know. Because, like, again, if you are a team that's like, I need to win now. And someone's like, hey, here's Hunter Renfro. I think you can plug Hunter Renfro in knowing how solid he's going to be. This is obviously a deeper league talk right here. And you know Hunter Renfro is going to be really good. I think you would take that, and you know you're going to get solid stats. You can't afford to go for the home run right now. you got to win now. Josh Gordon is very much a lottery ticket, a home run play. And you got to find somebody who values him as highly. If not, you're better off holding on to seeing where it goes. Speaking of home runs, speaking of talent, Dalvin Cook didn't practice today. There's a lot of DMPs. This whole like news, like the whole news notes is DMPs. But, well, did not play, but I did not practice in this case. And Cook... Apparently, there's been a report that he's he'll he'll be playing through injuries. We've seen him do this before. He's aggravated injuries before. Do you look at this as a buy low opportunity? And if so, and before you answer that, what's your level of concern here with Dalvin Cook? I mean, um, let's go from one to I ten. Mean, I want a number. Give me a number. One to ten. I guess I would go right at about a five. Right oh, now. you <laughs> right down, right down the middle. I mean, you know, it is a little concerning to hear like you know he is going to play through this injury. It is. Um, you know, not definitely not something that, you know, it's something that could linger. It's something that he could re-aggravate. I mean, it's not uncommon that you see a lot of, you know, did not practices on a Wednesday. So you're hoping that he at least gets in like a limited practice, you know, either tomorrow or either Thursday or Friday. Um, so as far as like, as far as starting him goes, you're going to start him. I wouldn't worry about that, but you know, going out and maybe acquiring him from a worried, uh, you know, fantasy manager. I mean, yeah, I think it might be a good idea, but it definitely comes with some risk. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what would it honestly cost to acquire Dalvin Cook's services to my roster. And I can't quite, like, would you give up DeAndre Swift right now for Dalvin Cook? You know, that was the first name that came to mind because it's like, you know, Swift's a really hot name right now. Um, You know, I actually think I would hold Swift. I see. I think I'd go out and get Cook with Swift because (laughs) Swift has his own, like, injury concerns and question marks in terms of, like, what – we should expect. I mean, well, Jamal Williams does have a, has been, I guess was a questionable. He's questionable now. Either he missed practice or was a limited participant because of something. I remember reading that. I didn't really write, I didn't write that one down because it wasn't huge news, but it's like everyone's dinged up on the, on the lions. And I don't know, I'm just thinking, I think Swift is like, and I, I'm a Swift, I'm a Swift guy. So 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm think maybe in PPR, like, like yeah. half PPR or standard, I would probably lean Cook just because the offense is better. You know, he's going to, you know, get more carries. Uh, so he's not splitting yeah. touches when he's healthy. And the thing is, those. I, I think I'm willing to take the risk with Cook for Swift, but that's where I'm looking in the like, that's that's the price I'd be looking to pay, hoping to buy low because I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pay full price for a guy who's hobbled, and that's why I'm thinking like Swift came to mind. Um, I don't know if you can I don't know if you'll be able you probably have to put Gibson with something right now Antonio Gibson. Um, yeah. trying to be realistic here, but like I said, I think the lowest you'd be able I think Swift would be like the lowest name you could probably use to buy low, and even then. I think you're going to have to add a little something to sweeten a deal, like a Josh Corp. No, but, um, but seriously, <laughs> you might have to add a little something because Swift has, like I said, Swift has his own concerns and question marks, but maybe Swift and a little something something over the top would be enough to get Cook right now. You got to reach out to your you gotta reach out to your Cook manager and see if he's even looking to sell, and if so, maybe try to make that little uh, bit of an offer. Melvin Gordon did not practice, and not much fantasy analysis there. The easy thing is, is watch it closely because Javante Williams gets a full run, He's gonna have himself probably a solid week. Um, Julio Jones missed mis- practice again. AJ or yeah, he hasn't practiced yet. AJ Brown was limited. Would you buy low on either, or just prefer to avoid both of these players? You know, both these guys, Julio and Brown, injury issues the last couple seasons. Brown had like what both knees uh, procedure. Both knees have had a procedure in the offseason. Julio's Julio. He's always hurt and missing a game here and there. Um, what are your thoughts on buying low on either of them? I think it's definitely worth a shot to see what it would cost. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's you know, always these... the price of acquisition is always something. It's like always worth like, hey, can I give you this basket of fruit for this pile of gold? Like, <laughs> is that what's going to take? You know, like, but um, I mean, fine. Which one do you if you think both are worth buying low on? Which one would you prefer to buy low on? Let's go that route. I mean, I still think that AJ Brown is the number one here and uh, he he's you know, he did get the limited practice in, right? Or was it? Uh, he was limited, yeah, AJ, yes. Yeah, he was the limited practice. I mean, I would definitely try to go after AJ Brown, but I think both guys are worth, you know, exploring there. Um, would you, you know, give up Mike if... Williams for AJ Brown right now? Oh, that's man. tough. I know. Uh, can't that one's tough to... because I, I, I'm buying like this breakout from Mike Williams, like you in that offense with week, Justin though. Herbert. I, I mean, it, yeah. The Rangers' just, defense is underrated right now. I mean, they're actually a pretty solid defense. Yeah, but they lost both corners that game. It made no sense. It made no <laughs> sense. They lost both of their corners, and they already had injuries in the back. Like, uh, they already had injuries in the uh, in the defensive backs. And, yeah, I don't know what the deal is right now. But, yeah, I, that's why I'm like, I'm very surprised. I'm trying to see what other names here. Would you give uh, Debo Samuel for either for either of them or for A.J. Brown? That's another one where, I mean, <laughs> you know, how's the offense going to look with Trey Lance? Um, I don't it, think it's going to look very good, to be honest. Jimmy Garoppolo, how's that calf going to, you know, is he going to re-aggravate that calf? It, it just, that whole offense just seems off a bit. I mean, I know it's all running through Debo right now, but what happens when Kittle, you know, gets more involved, when Ayuk gets a little more involved, when that running situation gets kind of figured out? I mean, I, I think I would still, I mean, I, I think Debo's right there, but I think I would still prefer rest of season. I take AJ. All right. Let me find one more name here. I'm trying to make it challenging for you. All right. AJ Brown or, oh, this one, see, this might be a perfect fit. If you could, if you could flip up Brandon Cooks right now, somehow, maybe Brandon Cooks and a little something for an AJ Brown. I think you could probably get that done. Um, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I mean, what about Jamar Chase? When, you think you can sell high on Jamar Chase right now and get one of those guys or Jamar Chase and a little something? Cause Jamar Chase is a hot name. And he's coming off a couple of big games in terms of touchdowns and stuff. 
I, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could sell that high on him because I'm probably be able to get Julio more than Brown because Brown's on his way, likely coming back. If not this week, then next. So maybe people aren't as willing to jump for that price. But I'm just thinking of like, how can you flip these super hot names? And it's always going to take a little something. Like you can't just do one for one. It's going to be like Jamar Chase and insert second player here type of thing. I think I might, I would prefer, like, I would probably rank them Brown, Chase, Julio, but. (laughs) But you get my point. Like, you, uh, fine. If you want Brown, though, like, it would take Chase and a little something, though, more than likely. I mean, you could probably try, obviously, you try one one for one if you want to try to flip them like that. If you you believe in AJ Brown, it's all about your level of belief in terms of him staying healthy. And I'm having a hard time buying into the health of Brown because of last year's injury history, the offseason procedures, and then early injury issues again with the legs. I just think he's always going to be nicked up. He's always going to have these injury concerns and he couldn't even stay healthy through after he only played one, what one game two, not even a full two games. So it's, it's frustrating. It's, I don't know if I trust him to stay healthy at this point. So I'm going to you can buy low all you want. I'm just avoiding, like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm just going to avoid him. Um, we can move on though. Another receiver, an interesting receiving core. You have Amari Cooper, you have CD lamb, you have the Cowboys who don't seem to want to pass unless they have to. They 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 let, they lit it up week one opening night. All the hype was there. The CeeDee Lamb breakouts happening. Omari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb could both be top fifteen this year. Dak's gonna have a huge year. And then since then they've learned to their defense has played up beyond expectations. The running game has been very strong and they've leaned on it. They they've been throwing as needed, not like demanding to throw. Do you think that? these receivers are buy low options or should you just avoid that? Because it looks like they're going to be trying to keep the ball on the ground slash play, like, you know, play strong defense. They can do it. They can, they can control games right now, essentially. And if they're going to keep doing this, I don't see how both these receivers are fantasy like all year long. No, I mean, I, I think, I think it, it is a good buy low opportunity for these guys. I mean, you look at week one where, you know, they kind of really had to just air it out. Michael Gallup gets, uh, her early and so then it, it's all Cooper and and Lamb the rest of that game and then you know two two out of the next three weeks they're you know playing the Chargers and and the Panthers who are both looking like strong defenses and um you know in the middle there you got Philly who they really didn't need to throw the ball against um at all so I don't know I, I think this is a pretty good buy low opportunity um you know just given Cooper's a little dinged up right now I'd probably you know be going after D Lamb uh, but yeah I, I think it's definitely a good buy low opportunity it I mean have the last few weeks maybe told us that yeah Dak's gonna spread the ball around a little bit more yeah I mean you know but I think that's maybe a little bit more of a boost to someone like Dalton Schultz than it is um like a knock on Amari Cooper and CD Lamb I think it's probably a good uh, buy low win I think unfortunately like in good in matchups you expect a shootout, you rank them as wide receiver twos. And in matchups you think they can control the ball and win wide receiver threes because the last two weeks, CD Lamb has a combined eight targets in the last two games, and that equaled a total of five catches. And then you have Amari Cooper with a total of seven targets com- uh, combined for six catches over the last two games. So again, and Schultz, it's funny because eight targets, CD Lamb has eight targets combined in two games, and Schultz had that in one game alone last week. So it's one of those things like he's just taking advantage of what's there. Schultz has been the guy over the middle, relatively available. It's not that I don't believe in the talent of Lamb and Cooper. It's the game script. They want, they've been very run heavy. They've been utilizing both running backs really well. 
Uh, Zeke's been getting more involved. Zeke had 20 rush attempts and 17 rush attempts, uh, respectively, last two weeks. So we've seen the rush attempts go up three straight weeks for Zeke. Zeke had 16, 17, then 20 last three weeks. And speaking of Zeke, he w- did not practice with knee discomfort. It doesn't seem major. He was, he walked off on his own power. I remember seeing the video. But if he were to miss time, make sure Tony Pollard is picked up. If he's somehow available, <laughs> he shouldn't be available. But if somehow he's available, definitely needs to be added. Just want to throw that out there. Chris Carson hasn't practiced all week. It looks like he might be out Thursday night unless something has updated since. Last I looked, and this was a couple hours ago when I made the show notes, um, Carson was out. He hasn't been practicing all week. It looks like Alex Collins might start. Um, what should we expect from Alex Collins? Yeah, so it's looking like it's going to be a game-time decision for Chris Carson. And, you know, you saw last week against the – or this last week against the 49ers, it was basically a 50-50 split with Alex Collins just being the more effective guy right now. He looks healthy. Uh, he's got that extra spring in his step right now. Carson, you know, dealing with that um, back issue. So, I mean, if if uh, Carson is out, I think Collins, you know, it has that uh, running back two, you know, upside. I think he's, you know – I would probably put him, you know, as an RB2 this week. And I think he's a start. If they're both in, you see uh, Carson is, you know, suiting up for the game, then I think both of these guys are kind of just a flex. Yeah, and Collins, you saw, um, yeah, if they both play, I'm trying, I'm probably not going to play both, probably not going to play Collins unless I'm desperate because I don't want to, or Carson, honestly, I don't want to get mixed up in that. But right. we did see Collins. The good thing was that, yeah, he, not only did he almost pretty much split uh carries he had 10 to Carson's 13 snap wise they were within five percent of each other last week but the fact that Collins was utilized in the past game getting two targets and two receptions and that just shows me at least that he would have like an an overall role he wouldn't just be the rushing down guy like Trey Sermon which we're not going to talk about tonight but just bringing up Sermon had like 19 rush attempts last week for your 49ers but he had zero catches or zero targets that's good like that's bad we don't want that in PPR leagues or in general we want people we want a player utilizing both and it looks like they were willing to utilize Collins both in the rushing game and the receiving game and that should be worth noting um and I, honestly it's weird it's one of those things like either this is going to be a complete shootout Thursday night or we're going to have defensive like onslaught like run the ball like, let's just win this game, control the clock. And that would, I mean, either way, I think benefits Collins. Because the Rams, I think, are going to bounce back. And the Rams have been putting up pretty good numbers all year. So that's going to force, force Seahawks to counter. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of it's, it's the first Thursday night game I can remember looking forward to before, mm-hmm. uh, other than week <laughs> one, obviously. Um, and it's one of those things, it's like, we haven't been getting good matchups, but the games have been really good. Now that we have a good matchup, this game's going to suck, is <laughs> it's just gonna, like now that we have the matchup like this is the best matchup since week one and it's gonna suck but ta- sticking with this matchup mcveigh said he wants to get robert Ward, robert woods bobby trees more involved um are you willing to give him a, a shot thursday night coming off the fact that mcveigh just said this yeah i mean you know anywhere where i have robert woods i'm i'm still starting him this week um this is I his mean, final chance incur- this is yes yes it is so i mean you know given you know the comments from mcveigh the matchup uh you know this is this is the week robert was the last (laughs) week um that he's gonna be in my lineup and if he doesn't produce then i'm i'm looking uh looking elsewhere uh there to start so yeah i mean it's encouraging i'm not doing anything with uh with him right now i mean if, if anything maybe see what it might cost to try to buy low but 
No, I mean, uh, he's a start this. The last two weeks, Van Jefferson has been keeping up with Robert Woods in terms of targets, receptions, more yards. Um, he's he, his average, his a dot and his average air yards and all that are all like his everything is pretty much more for Van Jefferson. Um, I'm wondering if Stafford, you know, has Cup as the underneath guy, the middle guy, the security blanket, and he's looking at Van Jefferson as like the let's go deep, make a splash play. Robert Woods getting stuck in the middle because Robert Woods can do it all, but it's almost like he has Van Jefferson for one thing, Cup for the other, and he doesn't need the all encompassing Woods. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that they, I'm hoping that they, I mean, Woods is still getting this, like a same, like. He's up there. He's usually either leading the pack and snap count for receivers on that team, or he's tied with like a Cooper Cup. Like last week, he had the same amount as Cooper Cup. So he's still solid. He's still definitely one of the top two receivers in terms of uh, snap count on that team. But Van Jefferson has been getting similar utilization with less snaps. So that's where the concern comes in because he's being utilized more while playing less. It's like it's showing almost like maybe Stafford prefers that, or maybe because the other guys are so good, Van Jefferson's who's getting open. Regardless, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, willing, to and, st- I'm willing to start him. To, I'm yeah. scared. Yeah, I'm willing to start him this week, but it's starting to feel like, you know, because the week week three we saw, you know, Deshaun Jackson have that big touchdown. Uh, he had 120 yards. It's starting to feel like, you know, maybe Cooper Cup's going to be that, you know, wide receiver one. And then every week is, you know, could be someone different. Could be Van Jefferson, could be Deshaun Jackson, could be Tyler Higby, could be Robert Woods. You know, it's maybe mix it up a little bit. It's just going to be a little more volatile than we were expecting coming into the year. But, you know, it's definitely looking like, you know, Cooper Cup, that number one guy. And just, you know, whatever's there, you know, all the other pass catchers, almost similar to maybe like a Arizona situation where it's like Hopkins and then uh, just a lot of variance after that. You just don't know. In Arizona, it's like, I feel like Hopkins isn't even getting the love like he needs to be getting. <laughs> like he's not getting the ball. I don't know. Is he, I wonder if he's still recovering from the rib injury from week one and just playing through it. Um, what else is here on the a little bit, a few more things, a few more notes to get through. Um, something I just wanted to point out, Russell Gage is still sidelined and it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like a big deal. Like, Oh, Russell Gage, nobody wants him. Yeah. Well, I think Patterson, uh, Cordell Patterson will continue to flourish given the extra reps in the slot, because what I saw, I was, I did a little bit of homework on him because for an article I did cheap plug, I know, um, on rotoballer. Uh, I did a little deep dive in Patterson in week four really flourished in the slot role. What they did is pretty much Gage is utilized heavily in the slot, like over 50% of Gage's routes or, or plays on off, like on passing plays. He, he lines up in the slot. Patterson had a season high slot usage last week. He also had a season high um, pass plays. He, uh, I think routes run their second highest routes run. It's just, I'm giving out sloppy information off the top of my head, of course, but the, the slot thing was a big deal to me because he was being utilized more out of the slot and people might forget that Cordell Patterson was a receiver drafted out of college as a receiver converted into a running back. So more slot reps could equal more PPR relevance. So like in your PPR leagues, because the thing about Patterson is he hasn't played more than 40% of snaps, but one time this year. The guy just isn't getting a high snap count, but he's being he's being utilized heavily when he's in the game. So they're game planning ways to get him the ball when he comes in. But Patterson isn't a guy who's getting volume. He's he's getting quality he's getting quality over quantity. So he's not getting a volume of playing time, but he's getting volume of touches when he's in. And having if Gage misses time again, that allows I'm just stressing that allows Patterson to be utilized in that role again in terms of being utilized as a slot receiver slash running back. So that's going to be interesting. Like, I think it helps him. It would help Patterson one more week. I think Patterson is a sell-high candidate. We will talk about that soon. But um, before we do, 
And unless you want to add to that, I was going to jump right over to Kadarius Tony, who they say that even with everyone coming back, they want to keep Tony as like the guy. They want to keep you know him and John John Ross relevant in this offense. Now it becomes a crowded situation because Sterling Shepard deserves those reps, deserves uh, deserves the the attention and the targets. Um, obviously, they have Galladay, uh, but Kadarius Tony, the dude looked good last. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I feel about this. I think he's somebody who should be rostered. I know I have him rostered where I could get him, but I mean, what, he's a week removed. What did Kadarius Tony do? Nine targets, six receptions, and seventy-eight yards. PPR solid, PPR mon- like type of guy. He could be. He's pretty much doing what Sterling Shepard was doing. He's being utilized out of the slot and all that. So Kadarius Tony. I mean, I don't know. I just talked for like a mile, like a minute, like three minutes straight. I don't know which one you yeah. want to talk about, George. I'll let you jump in wherever. I'm just <laughs> rambling. I'm just rambling because I just so much information in my head. Oh, no, you're good, man. I don't know. Maybe it's the mustache, but it's the mustache um, talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I like Tony as long as uh, Slayton and Shepard are out. You know, I, I think he's a pretty decent play there. But, you know, I am concerned about the, you know, what happens when they do return. You know, Shepard, we saw that that rapport with uh, between him and Daniel Jones, and he was getting all the work out of the slot and he was, you know, hogging up all the targets. I mean, granted, it was also, you know, as Kenny Galladay was just getting into the swing of things, too. You know, but yeah, they still got Kenny Galladay. You know, where are there enough targets to go around from Daniel Jones, you know, to support Galladay and Shepard and Tony and, you know, getting Evan Ingram involved? You know, I am a bit concerned, you know, what happens when uh, they have, you know, their full receiving core back and healthy. But yeah, I mean, I definitely like what, what I saw. I think he definitely earned himself some more uh, you know, snaps, even when everybody comes back. But as far as like, you know, is that going to make them startable? I- I'm not sure. I'm not sure he is, you know, if everyone's back. Yeah, and John Ross is one that's interesting to me because even with all those injuries we mentioned, you know, Shepard being out, um, Slayton being out, Ross kind of played the uh, Slayton role. Slayton wasn't even, you know, he was utilized the game before week three, 12.86% of the snaps. The week before that, he was uh, 56.56. So he was a little higher, probably, you know, got hurt that last game, whatever. But in this game, John Ross only played 44% of the snaps. And Kadarius Tony played 77% of the snaps, which is fine. And Tony and Tony played um majority out of the slot, over 50%. I was just looking it up actually. It was out of the 40 pass plays, he he was in the slot 23 times, 57.5%. So yes, he was the slot guy. And as you know, that's usually Shepard's spot. So I, I'm gonna, it's one of those like I'm willing to start Tony this week. If Shepard and them continue to be out, Shepard didn't practice again. So it's really just Shepard. If Shepard doesn't play, Tony's the guy I'm willing to plug in. But yeah, when Shepard returns, I'm going to sit Tony until I figure out, see how they figure that out. But right now, Tony is very much a wide receiver three this week, I would say. Yeah, I think so too, especially just given the matchup there. You know, they're going up against Dallas. (laughs) You know, can Trayvon Diggs, you know, he's He's becoming, you know, one of the best corners in the league, you know, shut down guy. Can he slow down Kenny Galladay? Is it going to make, you know, Daniel Jones maybe look elsewhere? And could that be Tony? Yeah, absolutely. And Justin Fields named the starter. I have zero expectations, but what say you? (laughs) Yeah, Justin Fields. I mean, he doesn't look ready, man. I think Matt Nagy, or I think he pretty much knows, like, if I'm going to keep this job, I got to just go with, he's not keeping the job with starting Andy Dalton. You know, he's not going to be riding with Andy Dalton and expect to, you know, be coaching next year. That's not going to happen. I mean, so this, this move kind of had to happen. I think it's just going to be, you know, we're going to just see a lot of volatility. 
as we've seen with the rookie quarterbacks right now, you know, the only one that's been pretty much kind of steady there is, is Mac Jones. Um, you know, Fields has plays, you know, in Vegas this week. I'm not sure how their secondary, you know, um, how their guys are right now as far as health goes, but, you know, they've been a pretty solid defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not starting Fields if I don't have to. But <laughs> as far as like, you know, I am glad that he's getting these games in now, though. I mean, you know, maybe we could see a little bit more consistency and um, I have zero know, faith. <laughs> maybe, maybe game by game gets a little better. I mean, you know, he has that rushing upside. They just haven't used him like that. And it's it, it, that's fus- that's the frustrating part. And that probably um, would open up the passing game a little bit if defenses had to cheat up a little bit for the run, but they haven't had to yet. Now, again, granted, he didn't have to probably do much running against Detroit, but the fact that he was against Detroit, they leaned so heavily on the run game. I think they're going to continue to. He's only had, what, 20 and 17 pass attempts in his, in his last two starts. So obviously they'd rather lean on the run game, but that's killing the receivers, which brings us to like the next section, which we're going to run through these kind of fast. Um, where is it? See, I have I have three sections here. Cut bait or wait, sell high or hold tight, and buy low or leave alone. Um, <laughs> I put Allen Robinson under the buy low or leave alone section because I don't want to. If, if I'm not buying low, then just like okay, you can have him. I'm because he's not quite a cut. He's not a cut bait guy. Cut bait means like let's get him no. out of here. So um, buy low or leave alone, Allen Robinson. He's been struggling. He uh, not it's not his fault. The dude's a great talent. The last game, three targets, three receptions, 63 yards. Uh, Mooney continues to out-target him, uh, out-snap him. Um, he's only out-targeted Mooney, what, one week out of – no, two weeks out of four. Okay. So it's like a, it's been a 50-50 thing, but I think Mooney has Justin Fields' eye. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's the read I get. That goes back – I think that even goes back to the preseason. So with that said, I don't know if there's enough to go around for more than one receiver – Mooney might actually be the guy, not in terms of talent, but in terms of opportunity. So I'm just going to, I don't know if I want to buy low on Allen Robinson right now. Where are you at? No, I mean, I, I actually, yeah, I like this move for, for Mooney. You know, he's looking like he's the favorite target there, um, you know, for Justin Fields, five catches, 125 yards. You know, he, it, you know, he's the, he's the deep threat there. Um, and yeah, I think with Fields, we're going to see a low volume passing offense. And, you know, if Darnell Mooney can keep up this consistency, you know, he's going to be a pretty good start. He's going to be pretty good, at least, you know, wide receiver three. And I don't love it for Allen Robinson, but I mean, just given, I mean, the guy is one of the most talented receivers in the league. So I think you just got to, you know, keep riding it out and see how it goes. You, just, would you hope that you, <laughs> I was going to say, would you start? Tony over Robinson this week. And I, I'm starting Tony over Robinson. Robinson was a sit for me last week against Detroit. And if I, didn't, <laughs> if I can't start him against Detroit, when do I ever feel confident starting him? I think they'll find ways to get him the ball more, but I need to see it first. So for me, Robinson is just a sit until further notice. So like Tony, his matchup is better. And the potential in terms of like that offense and the quarterback is that quarterback play has been better. Um, going back to Hunter Renfro, I'd rather start Hunter Renfro. In PPR leagues, oh, these man. are PPR leagues. I'm talking about Hunter. Go look at how good Hunter. <laughs> go look at how good Hunter Renfro is. I think people don't no, realize. I, I hear you. Yeah. He's been so solid. It's almost like Cole Beasley. Like, nobody wants to roster Cole Beasley. At least no one wanted to last year. But Hunter Renfro, eight, 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 and again PPR leagues, eight receptions. Sorry, eight targets for six receptions last week. Week before that, uh, six targets, five receptions for seventy-seven yards. Had the touchdown. He had the touchdown again this week too. The dude's just been really solid. Let's see, week two. 
Hunter Renfro, seven targets, five receptions, 57 yards. There's like a 10-point PPR floor because this offense has to throw because the defense hasn't really been shutting down too many people. It's been interesting. Um, the defensive front, it's weird, though, because I watched the Raiders. They've been a lot. I feel like they've been on prime time quite a bit this year and um, trying to pay for that new stadium. And uh, I feel like their defense isn't good, but then it plays up like on the line sometimes. And it's weird, man. Like it's, it's such a weird defense. Like it doesn't seem very good, but there's times where it plays up there. Anyway, I don't know. I'm rambling. My point is, is Hunter and gets plenty of opportunities and there's a higher floor at this point than Robinson, not in terms of skill set, in terms of opportunity and what's actually ha- production is actually happening. So that's why. I yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I, I can see it. Like, you know, I, like I said, it's going to be a low volume passing offense and, uh, yeah, Fields right now looks like he, like you said, he has that eye for Mooney. And um, that's tough. I mean, you know, it's absolutely possible that guys like Tony and uh, Renfro could outproduce him in, in PPR leagues. I, you know, you can make an argument for that. But, you know, half PPR, I think I'm I'm sticking with Robinson. What are we doing with Kyle Pitts? I think we've got to look to buy low. I mean, the guy, two out of the last three weeks, he's had at least six targets uh, four receptions in two out of the last four weeks. Oh, sorry, two out of the last three weeks as well. So it looks like they're getting more and more in. They're trying to get him more and more involved. It's the Jets this week. It might be too late to buy low because I think the Jets could be his coming out party. But yeah, just based on you know this offense not being great, it's going to need to throw all year long. And they seem to be getting Kyle Pitts at least attempting to get him more and more involved. I'm in on buying low on Kyle Pitts. I'm just, it's just, unfor- I mean, that's, I don't know. It's just unfortunate the slow start, I guess. We, but again, it's a, um, we're talking about a rookie tight end, but he, he's even getting utilized in the red zone. That's what I want to look up. I was stalling to look this up in the red zone. Each of the last three weeks, he's had at least one red zone target with last week having three and he's had an end zone target in uh, two of the last three weeks as well. So again, he's not only getting utilized more in the passing game as a whole, but he's also being looked at where it counts in the red zone. So I think Pitts is a good buy low option right now. He's he's who I'm thinking should be one of your main guys, especially at tight end right now. We're tight end so bad. Go out and get Kyle oh, yeah. Pitts before it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, what, can would you try to sell high on someone like Dawson Knox? Oh, Coming for sure. Two touchdowns. Yeah. I bet you I mean, you could take Knox. You try to do that for sure. Knox and Knox or Schultz. Take one of those two guys. Schultz is actually I like Schultz a lot. Knox and Schultz are like perfect guys to go out and like like if you somehow got a hold of them, just ride it out. I th- unless you could sell high, like pair them with something to go ahead and get a Kyle Pitts. Maybe you can do that because people do overreact in sport like in fantasy. You can definitely you could definitely sell high on those guys and get a Kyle Pitts. I don't think you can get them straight up, but I do think you can get like Dalton Schultz has a lot of hype on him right now. I think you can definitely take Schultz pair him and go get and go get pits. I'm always big. I'm big on the two for one. Cause I always like to give up the two for one so I can get yeah. the best player, <laughs> get the best player. And then it opens up a spot in your roster. That you can turn and burn for like a, a handcuff or something. Um, someone I'm actually concerned about miles Sanders. What are you doing with miles Sanders? Are you buying low or leaving him alone? You know, I think I'm leaving him alone. Uh, I don't think I'm actively trying to go and, and buy him. I mean, it seems like, you know, they, they're getting, uh, Kenny Gainwell, you know, some more touches there. He's getting, he's more involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, seeing him utilize in the, in the red zone. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think just the, the split there between Sanders and, and Gainwell, it's, it's just, it's not something that I want to, I want to go after. If, if Kenny Gainwell is out there available, I mean, yeah, I'm picking him up for sure. Um, but I, I'm not trying to go out there and acquire Miles Sanders right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm laying, I'm going to, I'm not buying low on him. I'm going to leave him alone. He already kind of had some question marks coming into the year. I was willing to overlook him towards the end of draft season. Didn't get any shares of Sanders, but I've realized that um, 
Gainwell is getting a lot. He's he's gaining traction. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did it. I did it. Where is it? Yeah. Anyway, um, I can't. I, I'm such an idiot. I can't do this stuff. But yeah, seriously, he's been um he's being utilized a little more every game. The snaps aren't really moving up too much. Although this was his highest snap rate of the season, sitting about 39. percent So we have seen him at least this last game. Gainwell, that is, uh, gain more and more snaps. The touches are kind of coming up with him. He's almost splitting it, almost 50-50 lately with Sanders. So, yes, I am with you. Um, we're going to run through the last few of these. We got quite a few names. So we're not going to – I'm almost going to say um, – let's see. Cut, let's go with cut, bait, or wait. I have a new sound drop for this one. So, uh, cut, bait, or wait, Kenyon Drake. I'm going to say cut, bait. I'm going to cut, bait, if needed. Eject Ocino, cuz. Ah, I love that drop. I, I, for some reason, that's what I think about when we cut bait. Boom, press the button. Uh, good movie. Sorry. Anyway, Miles Gaskin. We Okay, we'll spend a little time on this one because this one hurts. I'd rather not drop him, but you are in a situation where I suggested drop him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm in a situation where, you know, I ha- I picked up uh, Chuba Hubbard and I have Miles um, Gaskin and Alex Collins was on the waiver wire. Uh, earlier today and i'm like okay who do i who do i need to cut here i mean uh i ended and up I, cutting hubbard did you um, <laughs> i did i ended up cutting, cutting hubbard just because like you, i but... i just think you know he's gonna be a non-factor as long as cmc is there and healthy and but it we, looks we like saw he's, back, C- he's gonna be back this week yeah but we saw cmc do this last year we came back then he left again for the rest of the year like oh man yeah i mean it's it's and even even with CMC out, it doesn't look like Hubbard is going to be that like Mike Davis. I mean, just because it looked like they were getting Smith involved there as far as in the passing game. Um, yeah, I mean, Gaskin, I don't know. I mean, I, I could re- end up regretting it. But I mean, a week ago, he had 13 carries, five targets. This this might I'm hoping that when Tua comes back, we see it just, you know, <laughs> a little more, a little better here with Miami's <laughs> offense because it is rough right now. There, <laughs> this offense is terrible. I'm so bummed out. I can't have yeah. a winning team no matter what I do or root for. That's why I root for other people's teams. Like I'll just I'll root for the 49ers with you, buddy, because this is just <laughs> bad. I wanted to see something. Let's look up uh, pass blocking. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Okay. So this is a problem. Last year, Gasecki. Uh, Gasecki. I'm the wrong name. Last year, uh, Gaskin was a lot better has pass blocking right now according to pff he has the worst pass blocking on miami um <laughs> the worst like the worst among like i guess who they're ranking in terms of grades malcolm brown ha- has the best in turn in terms of a pass blocking grade right there that alone's gonna keep malcolm brown in the game and as you've seen malcolm brown has gained snaps each of the last three weeks with gaskin losing snaps each of the last three weeks um Ahmed has also lost snaps the last two weeks. He hasn't been very much of a factor, but Gaskin himself is getting less and less touches, less and less snaps. I'd rather hold, don't get me wrong. I want to hold him. I don't want to cut bait, but in your scenario, I was willing to cut bait because I was so scared of losing out on Hubbard because now you don't, now you go from a secured backfield to a who knows what the hell's going on. Malcolm Brown was Malcolm Brown is also picking up the red zone touches and, and carries lately. Um, it's just where like, and trust me this hurts because i was a gaskin guy i was like oh give me all the gaskin shares he's gonna be fine i'm all i'm in i'm you know he's gonna be fine blah blah, blah. i think he's gonna have a good year and i am not right <laughs> um so I, I was on the train and that train derailed 
um, for me anyway. But so yeah, I'm holding if I can, but he is cut a bull if needed. So I'm not going to give him ejecto Cito. But the next guy, I put him on this list because we're a week late talking about him. He was on this cut beta weight list last week, which we, when we didn't record, which was my fault. And I'm just going to give him the, the, the button. Ronald Jones. Ejecto Cito, cut! Bye-bye. Um, yeah. <laughs> we can move on to because, dude, without Joe Bernard, he didn't get nothing anyway. Like, this was the one week that maybe there was a chance to have something. Now, I'm yeah, seeing no. this. This one I put on here because I'm seeing a lot of it on Twitter. It's talked about. I've heard other podcasts talk about it, but I want to just put out there I'm not cutting Juju Smith Schuster. And it's not just because of name recognition, it's because even this week, even though he only had two receptions, he still had eight targets. Uh, two weeks ago, he had seven targets, six receptions. Week one, he had seven targets, four receptions. My point is, is although it hasn't been sexy, he's been like there's been a floor there. There's been a chance for a higher ceiling. He just hasn't connected. I like the opportunity there. Yeah, he's not the main guy. Jonathan Johnson is, but Schuster still is playing a ton of snaps and he's still getting targeted plenty. Those types of numbers are hard to find on the waiver wire. He's a bench, maybe, but he's not a, a, a cut for me. What do you think? Oh, you pretty much nailed it right there. Okay, good. Yeah. So we can move not on to starting them right now, but yeah, not cutting them. Perfect. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, we are. Brandon A. Uke, that's your guy. You can talk about your but your good old 49er friend there. Cut bait or wait on Brandon A. Uke? I always say his name wrong. Ayuk. It's Ayuk. Yeah, right? yeah, man. Oh, man. This is so tough. Um, just because, yeah, just what we're seeing from this offense right now is like not much consistency. They're not, I mean, it's it's rough right now. Um, it doesn't seem like they really know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like there's just been so much up in the air right now between the running back situation and the quarterback situation that, man, I mean, it's rough. But if there's someone out there like, you know, maybe a Kadarius Tony or, you know, one of the guys we mentioned previously, I mean, I could I could see cutting him. I could see cutting him. I <laughs> we're, we're looking at yeah i'm just at a loss right now like you know hunter runfro it's, it's debo and kittle <laughs> and after that we saw mohammed sanu with five targets kyle Yuzchek with four targets brandon Ayuk with three targets trent Sherfield with two targets i mean we saw ross dwelly get the touchdown you know we drafted brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver too and i have little faith right now that he's gonna meet those those expectations um you know so can he eventually cut bait or wait cut bait or wait <laughs> cut bait or wait i think it depends on the situation uh, and who's available but i wouldn't blame anybody for cutting cutting bait right now i just gave him the button all right so uh real quick we're gonna get out of here but i want to get these names real quick and we're gonna, before we get into sell high or hold tight basically what i mean by that is a do you sell high take advantage of the price or do you just hold on and ride the wave also, every player has a price. So when we say sell high, make sure you're selling high. Make sure you're getting top value. Don't just sell to sell. Oh, I traded Mike Williams for Tyler Lockett. That's not really selling high at this point. That's almost like equal value. Probably is equal value. I might even favor Mike Williams. But that's a different discussion. Why did I put Malcolm Brown on? Wait, is that the wrong? <laughs> Marquise <laughs> Brown. Definitely the wrong Brown. That is hilarious. Marquise <laughs> Brown is the name here. I am a Dolphins fan for those listening. So Malcolm Brown was on the brain. Marquise Brown, uh, real quick, sell high or hold tight? Um, I mean, I'm uh, holding tight. Uh, hold tight. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'm holding tight with you. Mike Williams, sell high or hold tight? Hold tight. Hold tight. I'm with you. Alvin Kamara, are you selling high or holding tight? 
I'm holding tight. I'm selling. I'm scared. This offense seems to hate him. They are being very conservative. He had the first, this is the only stat I'm giving on these. Alvin Kamara, I doubled and triple checked this. Alvin Kamara had zero receptions last game, zero targets last game. First time in his career. Mm -hmm. First time in his actual career, he had zero targets. I'm willing to sell him. If I can get, if I can get Austin Eckler for him, I would do it. Like that's what I'm saying. Sell high. Kamara, I'm gonna spend a little more time on because I think you can still sell him at his name value. Get that top like five, six running back in return, or maybe maybe what drop around? What would be dropping around? Like a swift plus for Kamara. I would probably do that, especially in PBR leagues, because I'm afraid of his utilization right now with this offense. It's just not good right now. It scares me. Um, I know there's days he's going to have big games, but I think you can get safer options, more consistent options out of him, given his name. So sorry, I didn't want to do this, but Kamara is a big name. I thought he demanded some attention. Back to it. Sell high or hold tight. Corey Davis. Sell high. I'm holding tight, baby. Just need someone, <laughs> just need someone to throw to. There's, there's, there's a chance. I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling. But the last guy I think we're both going to agree on. Sell high or hold tight. Cordero Patterson. Sell high. Sell high. Yes. Sell high. Yeah. And when we say perfect sell high. guy to do like a two for one. Like you put yep. Patterson and someone else. Like you. Ooh, like Corey Davis. <laughs> Patterson and Corey Davis for an AJ Brown or Julio Jones. I wouldn't do it for Julio. Julio scares me, man. He can't stay healthy. He also didn't come into the season healthy. But I get the point. Regardless, yeah. thank you for listening. A five-star rating review on your and review on your way out would be greatly appreciated. Don't forget to check us out on skplaybook.com. You can join our community. There's a tab that tells you all the details. And that's it for this episode. We will be back with Bases Loaded Pod probably soon. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to record something tomorrow. But um, until then, off-season stuff, football stuff. Anything you want to add, Jordan? No, no, I'm ready for this um, see, this uh, Rams and Seahawks game tomorrow. Today, Bob, Robert Woods. It's not this. The game's gonna be today by the time I press uh, send to all the stuff. So today, tonight, so I'm probably gonna send it out in the morning. Tonight, we're recording, we're recording Wednesday night. It's gonna be Thursday morning. The earliest you feel, they're probably not gonna listen to this to like Sunday. All the other pods have been listened to. I guess we'll listen to this one. All <laughs> right. Again, we appreciate it, guys. Um, everyone who leaves all the ratings, all the comments. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. You know what? We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night.